Of all the Auburn Tigers, who's currently winning spring practice? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me, Daryl Daprich, Montgomery Radio vet and regular here on the show. Daryl, we're going to share our list. We each made a top five winners so far throughout Auburn spring practice. I'll go first with my top guy. I think Kayan Lee is winning Auburn spring practice so far. Everything we hear about this kid has been nothing short of exceptional and amazing. So much so where you're talking about uh, Nehemiah Pritchett, a guy who's been an SEC starter for a hot minute, uh, losing his job uh, probably by the time the season starts because Kay and Lee is too good to uh, not have him on the field in a starting role in a position group that we already kind of thought was loaded, the defensive back room. Uh, Kay and Lee has come in and asserted himself and has been an instant impact guy with a chance to have you know an all-American type ceiling um, early in his career. Kay Lee, I think, is the winner in this so far. Yeah, that's a great choice. Um, I like Kay Lee. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. Why I like him, like him so much, but you know everything I've heard in scrimmages and in practices is that he is that prototypical lockdown corner, and I think it's very difficult and cannot be stated enough how hard it is for a true freshman to come in and star at cornerback in the SEC. I'm not talking about just be serviceable. I'm hearing things like right now, if he gets in the rotation and plays significant snaps, you got to think that this is a kid that could potentially play on Sunday. The, you know, the Jamal Deans and the Carlton Davises and those type of guys that are in in the league right now. Um, I really like him. I think it's a phenomenal uh, addition to this Auburn secondary. And to be there, you go. That's right, Roger McCreary, baby. And to and and again, but think about that. Those guys I just mentioned, all three of those guys, yeah, did not make an impact and start or play significant snaps for Auburn as true freshmen. Other than so, Carlton, yeah, pardon me. Other than Davis, Carlton yes. Davis. But but you talking about like starting? He started for Muschamp, didn't he? His first year. Okay, he he might he might have. I just don't remember. I thought he kind of spot started, but you're right, he may have, and that's that goes to show you how unique and special that is. So yeah, he's very good, yeah. And so that you know to to be able to do that and step in that role is really significant. I think I'm with you. I'm with you, and just the way that it's been like without a doubt, like talking with different sources, whether it's support staff, whether it's players, whether it's folks watching the scrimmage, everybody's like, yeah, Kay and Lee's like better than everybody else out there. Like he and DJ are going to be a major, major problem. Um, yeah. So he, he's my winner so far because I thought he was going to be a rotational piece at honestly, I kind of thought nickel, you know, maybe he's after Keontae Scott or something like that, but no, he seems like he's got a really solid chance to be the starter opposite DJ James, which is a great situation to be in. Daryl, who is your number one winner so far throughout Auburn's spring practices. It's a Johnny come lately winner. And it's a guy that really made up for it at the post in the backstretch and is overtaking it, but it's Holden Gurner. Okay. And uh, my justification on that is when you come as far as allegedly he's come 
from being mentioned as like a third string guy two weeks ago when spring practice started. Yeah. To the leap he made at Pro Day to you free singling him out. It may all be logistics, it all be semantics or wordplay, but I think to get that much to to, to make up that much ground yeah. in, in that short of a time and at the at a premier position like quarterback, has, so far has to be, in my mind, the winner. I I I like that. I figured you were gonna put him somewhere on this list. I have no quarterbacks on my list just because. I have a hard time. This is semantics, right? And this is how we each viewed the list. And this is why I kind of like making it a little arbitrary so we can have different perspectives here. But I don't have any quarterbacks on my list because I don't think uh, I, I don't think Auburn's starting quarterback is here. I mean, but Holden, yeah. your, your case about Holden getting better, I mean, you can't deny that. I mean, I, I came on here a few weeks ago, Daryl. I'm like, that was the worst throwing session among quarterbacks that I've ever seen. And he was a part of that. I mean, he was two feet short of like these targets consistently. Then he goes out there and out throws Cam at Pro Day, according to several scouts, and then starting to earn the love uh, of Coach Freeze. And I'm having people text me about how like Pro Day was a turning point for him, and he's been exceptional in practice ever since. So I'm with you. It's a good pick. I just I just didn't put a quarterback on here. And I 100% agree because, you know, you can look at this from a, a, a bird's eye view and say, okay, what if the quarterback – isn't on campus, comes in and get, wins the starting job, does Holden Gurner become a loser? Well, that's where I'm not getting trapped or locked into it being somebody that necessarily is, is going to start. It's it's it. where he's come from. Even if the kid's a backup, if he's the number two quarterback and has gone over the top of or you know basically past Finley and Ashford, then to yeah. me he's winning. That That's why I look I at it. that one. I get it. I get it. No arguments for me there. Who's your number two, Daryl? Who's your second winner uh, of Auburn spring practice so far? If anybody listened to me last year on our reaction shows, this is no surprise. My man, downtown Cam Brown. Okay. Uh, I've been hearing he is a receiver that has separated himself. He's the one like you and Charlie Five talked about that everyone seems to mention when they talk about receivers groups. There's a couple different ways to look at that. But I've heard he's a man amongst boys, and he's really separating himself. You want a wide receiver one, and I think that he is establishing that. And so I consider him to be – if he becomes the focal point of any quarterback, whoever it is, throwing him the ball, then i got to imagine that he's winning spring. Okay, I get that. And, I mean, the more reports that come out about the receivers, the more, I think, cautious we are. But he certainly passes the eye test more than everybody else does. Um yeah. I don't have a receiver on my list. If I did, I, I probably would have put Cam Brown. I think Nick Marner, you could certainly make an argument for just because it seems like he's won that other job. Like Cam Brown already had that job. It seems like Nick Marner won the other one. But I'm with you. I'm with you. As far as number one SEC caliber options, it seems like it's Cam Brown. There's a kind of a drop-off before everybody else. So I'm with and you. That's, and, and that's the point is if the whole wide receiver group – is struggling, but he's playing really, really well, then he still has an opportunity to be separating yep. himself. And again, I, you know, when you talk about what's come out about the wide receiver group, I, I kind of hold that with a grain of salt because, you know, when I want to go to my wide receiver scouts, I go to Todd McShay, I go to, you know, uh, Mel Kuyper and Heather sure. Dinnage. Okay, whatever. 
I mean, I was I, wondering. What, I was wondering what you were doing there. Yeah, I, I just, I'm not trying to be, but I mean, I just I take that with a huge, huge grain of salt. How somebody in a short window in in that time could make that that you know that assumption or that calculation on that. I think you need to watch a receiver group a lot more than 20 minutes to kind of come to that conclusion. Well, and, and that's similar to the pushback, you know, a few weeks ago when I talked about that was the worst throwing session I've seen. A lot of people said it was 20 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. And I had that caveat when I talked about it. Uh, my second winner is Jarquez Hunter, Daryl. Of course, Auburn's running back. But it, he's a winner of spring. But I don't think it really has anything to do with him. I think the, the front five on the offensive line has been so, so impressive. I thought about doing a bit and just doing the five offensive linemen, <laughs> five starting offensive linemen for the five winners. Uh, and I do have an offensive lineman on here, but Jarquez Hunter to me is a winner because it sounds like he is finding ways to score regardless of how much better the defense looks early uh, versus the offense. You know, he had that 50-yard touchdown run in, uh, in the scrimmage this past week. And then also just the fact that like the guys in front of him are going to give him more of a chance than last year's guys did giving him a chance and Tank Bigsby a chance a year ago. That's a good analogy. I, I like the way you set that up that it's not as much as what maybe Hunter is doing because we kind of expect yeah. that from him. He's already right. a winner, right? But it's because he's only going to get better and only get um, you know more accolades or win more because of who now is going to be blocking for him. So that's a good angle to take. I didn't think of it that way. That's interesting. But, yeah, it's like a quarterback that's got a big you know, hulking – left tackle that can protect him, he's winning. You know, he's getting he's getting a, a big added benefit. So that's good for Hunter. I agree with that. Yep, yep. All right, we will discuss uh, We'll discuss the other winners in a second. And you actually accidentally teased my next one, Daryl. I'll explain what I mean in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by FanDuel. Daryl, it's the final four uh, going into this weekend. Do you like... Do you like UConn significantly more than the field right now? UConn's got the best odds. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Miami, according to uh, DeFanduel. You taking that? Yeah, I love UConn. Mentioned it last week when they slid yep. into that third spot. Um, I like Miami, too, but Miami defaults to three because they're going to play UConn. It makes sense, right? Right. So yeah, UConn seems to have come back around. They were one of the more dominant basketball teams at the beginning of the year, and they have come, come right back full circle. Love UConn. Yep, yep. And then just for uh, for kicks and giggles, San Diego State, a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Florida Atlantic. I think I would take San Diego State here, Daryl, but – I mean that one. Should, I think that one's going to be have a chance to be like a crazier finish. I think than UConn and Miami. So you look at things like uh, age and veteran leadership on a ball club, and they got two fifth-year seniors and one sixth-year senior that took his COVID year. That kind of experience is very tough to find in the NCAA tournament. And Fanduel's got so many things going on here. They actually have hypotheticals too. Hypothetically, if UConn were to play Florida Atlantic, they'd be a six and a half point favorite. And if UConn were to play San Diego State, they'd be at a four-and-a-half-point favorite. So take that for what it's worth. Just go over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. They've got all kinds of props, odds, and lines. Check out. They've also got no sweat first bet for new customers. Once again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Daryl, my number three winner so far in Auburn spring practice, you mentioned the left tackle. Uh, I'm going with Dylan Wade. I went back and forth on if I wanted to put Dylan Wade or Gunnar Britton. Both those guys came in with the expectations of being left tackle. In fact, they sold to both of them, both players, 
that they were going to be the left tackle in Hugh Freeze's offense. And obviously, there's only one left tackle, and it doesn't really seem like there was much competition. They just made the decision. Dylan Wade, you're the left tackle. Gunnar Britton, you're the right tackle. Everybody was cool with that. But I've talked a bunch about Avery Jones. I've talked a lot about uh, Gunnar Britton. But Dylan Wade, I mean, left tackles in Hugh Freeze's system, they're usually pretty successful, Daryl. Uh, I mean, Laramie Tunsil earlier this offseason signed like the richest contract for like an offensive lineman ever. And that's a Hugh Freeze product, what he did at Ole Miss. So uh, I, I think Dylan Wade has a chance because he is Hugh Freeze's left tackle. He has a chance to be a very rich man down the road. Well, it speaks volumes that he gets slid into the left tackle spot. It's a premier position along yep. the offensive line. It's a spotlight position. I, like you, am surprised that it's not flip-flop with Gunnar Brenton, but that's okay. It's it's good that there's just some interchangeability there. And I'm surprised they never even really looked at it. It's just right. like they rolled it out, and like, this is what we're doing, and which is yeah. fine. I mean, it looks good. Like, it passes the eye test, so I'm, I'm totally fine with it. When you win that position in the spring, like it looks like he has, yeah. absolutely winning. It's a good call. Yep. All right, who's your, uh, who's your number three here? Connor Rue. Oh, man. That's such a good one. And, I somehow and, and, I didn't put him on my list. That is a great one, Daryl. When coaching staffs mention by <laughs> name a kid, and they go, "Good God, we we hit on this one. We, we nailed it. Yeah, we, we nailed it. Stick your chest out. We nailed it. You know, and this yeah. kid's going to play. They they say he's going to play. When I talked about a freshman defensive back, how hard it is to play in the SEC as a freshman. It's so hard to play on the offensive line as a freshman. And yeah, when you've right. got people projecting that that aren't scribes and writers and guys like us that love him, but right. dudes that are on the staff, I mean, it, it puts so much pressure on a freshman when your position coach says, we got us a dog. We, we, we hit this one. This kid, We're excited. And you're beaming. That's a lot to live up to. So he's definitely in that category of really, really winning and coming on. And we'll get in the rotation. Look, the, the offensive line, you know that you don't stay with the same five throughout the whole year because of injuries and depth and that kind of thing. So to be able to see him get significant snaps as a freshman along the offensive line is huge. Yeah, I love it. And, and I love that there's a clear predecessor after Avery Jones. After this season, there will be no discussion on who's Auburn's center after Avery Jones goes on to the NFL, which is a great, a great oh, situation to be in. And you get two years as a, at least as a starter, which is which is huge. So um, I'm mad at myself that he is not on my list so far. But yeah, I mean, I just remember talking to, I reached out to some of my contacts like in Miami that covered him because he was committed to Miami. When there was a lot of smoke, they're like, oh, maybe he's going to flip. Maybe he's going to flip. And everybody down there just like couldn't believe that like he was a three-star. They're like, this is like the most underrated dude like in, in the class. Like they really felt that way. And they kind of saw it coming for a while that he was going to flip. So, I mean, it wasn't devastating when they left. But everybody I talked to close to Miami, and uh, Alex Dono was one of those hosts locked on Kane. That is a huge show. And he, he was talking about, like, man, yeah, he's he's a freak. Like, he's really, really good. So he, he's going to have a good future. We got a good one. And, boy, was he right. I always love to look at, besides rankings, what schools, what schools want you, and who, what coaches want you. Mario Cristobal wanting you badly and being thirsty for you and, and, and being very, very disappointed that he got flipped tells me everything I need to know of what kind of 
uh, prospect Connor Lewis. That's right. That's I right. trust that dude with offensive line play. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, all right, who's your number four? Uh, Kyan Lee or Kay and Lee. I'm okay. pronounce, yeah. I've seen it pronounced right. I'll, say, I'll go with Kay and Lee. Um, for all the reasons you mentioned before and all the reasons I mentioned, I hate to have a repeat, but I've heard nothing but good things about him. I get it. A lockdown scenario. So, yes, for all the reasons listed at the beginning of the show where you had him number one, I have him uh, as number four. It could have had him higher. It's just hard to leapfrog. It, 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 it is hard. It is hard. But that, that was going to be my question. So, obviously, I think he's number one. I think he's the winner of spring. You've got him as four right now. Why do you have him behind Holden, Cam Brown, and Connor Liu? Uh, I think that I think that's the way we don't repeat ourselves. Excellent. First of all, behind Holden because Holden was kind of left for dead two weeks ago. He's been resurrected and to come as far as he come, his his yeah. come, you know hard. I mean, very hard. That's great. Cam Brown is becoming the best uh, alternative at his position group. When you rise to the top and you are the best among your position group, then I think, you know, that that's why he's a little bit higher. Number three with Connor Lou, he's a freshman who's going to have an opportunity to play on the uh, offensive line in the SEC and will probably lock down a position of need where we had a rotating door of four dudes last year for yeah. the next two or three years. So that's, that's significant. And Lee has DJ James on the other side as a little bit of a shield, a little bit of as a shelter. So there's going to be a little bit of a shadow there, I feel like. It's going to be hard for him to come out of that shadow a little bit because of how good DJ James is. So that's probably why I have him four. Yeah, I, I think all that makes sense. I think all that makes sense. My number four is Jason Jones. What all did we hear when these big defensive linemen were entering the transfer portal and choosing Auburn? Right, Lawrence Johnson... Messiah Nasili Kite, and then Justin Rogers, former five-star. And everybody put out their pre-spring depth chart, and all of them had Rogers starting, and Jason Jones is the backup. And what have we seen from Jason Jones since then? We've seen him be more effective in the pass rush. We've seen him be dominant in stopping the run and scrimmage. And then when I asked Hugh Freeze last week, who were the leaders, the second name out of his mouth was Jason Jones. And I just don't think he can answer that that quickly and also think that his job is on the line. And in fact, he's done so well that in several, in several situations, they've moved him from nose to defensive tackle because they want him and Rodgers on the field at the same time. But then Marcus Harris has the flexibility to put him out at edge. So I think Jason Jones has proved that he can be a starter in two different positions uh, on this defensive front at nose and at defensive tackle. Uh, when everybody kind of had him as losing his starting spot uh, because some of the newcomers. So Jason, Jason makes this list for me. I really don't want to comment on your number four without ruining my number five. How about, okay. how about them apples, brother? Okay. We got two on the same. alert, I am going to plead the fifth until later, please, sir. Okay. Well, hey, hang tight. We'll get to Daryl's number five to continue this conversation in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. I want to encourage everybody to check out the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Daryl, your number five in response to me putting Jason Jones at number four. Is the anticipation and the drum roll killing you, right? It's yeah, killing Yeah, it is. You. I'm like, well, uh, let's just get to it. Jason Jones is my number five. And for a lot <laughs> of the same reasons you had. It's funny. It's, I've told you before, get out of my brain. People are going to think, oh, they, 
they they collaborated. They talked about this. Nope, we didn't do it by design. We did not. We stayed away. We didn't even hint at each other's. But Jason Jones has been a guy for all the things you listed on the field. Sack, getting some sacks, not being moved out of his starting position, even with guys being brought along the defensive line. Um, I have heard, as you have, off the field, locker room, weight room, leader, leadership, mm-hmm. uh, wanting to be so on board with this defensive line being nasty that he's willing to take the lead in workouts and spring workouts and winter workouts and all that kind of stuff. To me well, – And, Daryl, when other upperclassmen are slacking in the amen. weight room, he's the yep. first one either encouraging – he's gauging the situation, but it sounds like he's either getting in their face – or encouraging them, depending on the you know, the type of leadership that they need. So Jason Jones is it. Jason Jones is it. Yeah, and I think the success of the offensive line is going to be funneled through and run through Jason Jones. If Emba mm. and Harris have big years and Justin Rogers comes in and has to spell Jason Jones and he has yeah. a big year, it's all going to be because of this thing being run through. And don't underestimate inexperienced linebacker play being affected by what Jason can Jones can do up front as well. Yeah. Yeah. And help them. Oh, I'm all for it. All right. I, my number five, I've actually got two people. I'm cheating. And you've got honorable yeah, mentions too. Yeah. So yeah. that that so you can I'll say one is five and one is an honorable mention. Okay. Uh Robert Woodyard is who I have written down as fifth, the the young linebacker, because one, I guess two guys he was competing with have transferred. I think that's encouraging. And we're just seeing a ton of them. My other guy is, is Wesley Steiner because myself included in this, like everybody wrote Wesley Steiner off. And like, there's a lot of people that are saying like, it could be Woodyard and Steiner that are the starters at linebacker. So I've got both of those guys just because everybody was so focused on keys and Tolan coming in through the transfer portal. And those two guys may win it, right? We'll see. But Freeze talking about how like the linebacker group is the group that's improved the most. I think he said that last week. Um, and, and the fact that Woodyard's out there consistently with the first group when, whenever we're able to see, I think that's telling. So I'm I'm going five Woodyard, and then my honorable mention, I'm going Wesley Steiner. That's good. I, I think the reason why I purposely left linebackers off is because either I'm missing something, but I'm just not hearing – a lot of the the you know the chatter and the scuttlebutt about linebackers. You've been at some of the windows, media windows. I have not, so you're able to see some things maybe with Woodyard that I have not. Um, I want to see some linebackers emerge and start to get some run, and their names mentioned a lot more. Yeah. And then you know that's something that I could look at. I just I don't know. I don't want to be so down on this group. I want to have something to be excited about. Uh, so that's why. I've just not really even thought about having a linebacker on that on the list. I get it. I get it. All right. Hit me with your uh, your honorable mentions. Our man, Rivaldo Fairweather. Okay. I've just heard from a freakish standpoint, you know, in the seam and some of the things that he can do going to get the football. Um, more exposure. That's why he's an honorable mention. I think he's going to be a guy that we look at in the red zone and just go – this is special. This is what Auburn so. has been looking for. And so that's why I think he's emerging okay. probably. I mean, I think when we get into into September and we are inside the 10-yard line, I think you're going to see a pretty big, tall, lanky receiving slash tight end core. And I think he could be one of those guys that cause major problems. Okay. 
Who's your next honorable mention? Justin Rogers. Um, okay. Because of what I was hearing along the defensive line and sacks and that type mm -hmm. of thing, and a lot of the – I'm starting to hear some things bubble up as far as, as coming to the surface as, as far as he's concerned. So I had him as well. Okay. And that last one. Falk. Keldrick Falk. I mean, look, I, I think every depth part we've seen has had him or Elijah McAllister penciled in as the edge. Again, to do that as a freshman and to come in and step right who, out. Who, who was limited at the start it, of spring, too. Exactly. I think it's – you know, I, I think you've got some – you've got to have guys that have an immediate impact as a freshman when you go through a recruiting class and you sign kids and you're a coaching staff that's kind of behind the eight ball coming in late. So position of impact, edge is one of those. And so yeah. to, to even get in the rotation and be the backup to me would be worth an honorable mention as far as winning for a true freshman. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for that. I love that. I love that. All right, yeah, we were joking, hoping our lists weren't the same. They're very different. So let us know in the comments or in the Discord or on social media um, which list you like more. Mine, one through five, was Kane Lee, Jarquez Hunter, Dylan Wade, Jason Jones, and Robert Woodyard. Daryl's was Holden Gurner, Cam Brown, Connor Lou, Kane Lee, and Jason Jones. Daryl, how can people uh, find you, hear you, support you, all that stuff? Follow me at DAP6410. You can catch me on Monday mornings at 710 Auburn Open Like This Morning with Ben Taylor. Later on that evening at 5 o'clock, you can catch me on WNSP, the final drive out of Mobile. And then on Wednesdays, while you're out, just filling in for you on the Max Roundtable. Yes, you can find all my written work at AuburnDaily.com and BravesToday.com. Happy opening day to everyone who celebrates. Today should be a national holiday. We will see you tomorrow. This has been... Locked on Auburn.